0: With Steve McJones. How's it going? Paisons? Peronis? Paisoni? I've been hanging out in South Philly too much. <laughs> but what's going on, guys? I am feeling sicker than a dog, but we don't have to, like, talk about it. But you know what we do have to talk about? How freaking sick this guest is this week. Thomas Patrick, everybody. I freaking love this dude. Um, very thoughtful individual. He, he really does. Like, you could tell when he talks, like, how much he thinks and how much thought goes into what he is trying to express. So really appreciated having him on. Uh, A lot of good stuff regarding creativity, which is, uh, if you've been following this podcast at all, a lot of the base of what I like to talk about. So uh, it was good kind of getting back to to my roots a little bit. Um, Thanks, Thomas Patrick, for uh, coming out here and being open to talk about these things with me. Um, Great conversation, very uh, introspective and you know, hopefully when you listen to this it makes you think about your life a little bit too so enjoy all right and we are good so welcome how, how, howdy thomas patrick that's my favorite way do you notice that i say that every time? <laughs> howdy yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really just like um like within comedy at least or like when you're in a new group of people meeting a lot of people and your instagram is your name and it's hi thomas patrick it's just the easiest way to remember and it works perfectly i love it yeah i changed it a couple times
1: i was like in search for the one that would stick Mm -hmm. and some of them that i had before howdy Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) were just strung off of a bit of whatever
0: I uh, thought would be catchy or whatever. Yeah. But that's fair.
1: Like howdy is the most
0: authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. For <laughs> me. I do like the, the ones that are bits like, uh, Jackson crush feels is like chili Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've ever heard uh, party McFly. That's yeah. always a good one. Uh, Trilly Ray Cyrus. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Um, thanks for coming out uh, and recording with us. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate that. So Been tell us. Um, yeah. I uh, tell us what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, well, I know we the basis is creativity. Creativity, correct? Right. And uh, let's let's get a little bit of background on you. Where'd you grow up? And kind of. When did you start developing some of these more tendencies that you have led into now?
1: Yeah, so I, a little bit about my background, I grew up in Virginia Beach, my dad was in the Navy, so I moved around a lot, uh, but as a kid, I'm from Louisiana,
0: that's like my direct family. Yeah, that's much. where you feel like home home is?
1: Um, I mean, that's where we're, a lot of our family reunions. Okay. Were either in Louisiana or wherever uh, one was in West Virginia, but that's because my aunt lives there. Yeah. But
0: yeah, my family yeah. spread over but Louisiana Louisiana that's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so but, South so you kind of grew up in the South for the most part. I'm definitely a Southern <laughs> a southern belle? I am yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Hence Howdy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm from the Midwest and we still use Howdy out there. Yeah. But I was like, as a kid, my dad would use it. I'm like, dad, you're not, a, you're not from Texas. Get out of here. I'm
1: Woody. Howdy, Howdy, Howdy. Well,
0: Midwestern and Southern values, I would say
1: are very similar mm. in some extent. Um, How do you think they're different? Um. I would say whenever, cause I don't, I don't venture to the Midwest. Too often, yeah. You don't need to, but when it comes to like hard work, yeah, or like ethic, like work ethic, work I would ethic. say is very similar. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. it's like what you can create. Yeah, with, whether it's like from your hard work or from True. an imagination, I guess is similar.
0: Yeah, so that's one thing I noticed. Like, I so I've been I just hit episode 100, and uh, I went back and listened to a lot of my old podcasts and. One thing, I listened to this one where it was, like, right when COVID hit, and before that, I had, like, an internship in New York, right, but I was graduating, I'd been in Ohio all my life, and, like, one thing I said that, like, stuck out to me, it was, like, in Ohio or Midwest area, you kind of, like, to grow, you have to make yourself grow, basically, and you have to do the things where is if I were to move and put myself in an unfamiliar situation it would just naturally happen
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and that was something cool that I said but also I was like oh that was very naive of me <laughs> because <laughs> you still got to put work into everything out here too and you're getting slapped around by the world left and right too so yeah, yeah that was a, that was a fun uh, reminisce but anyways enough about me So you grew up in Louisiana <laughs> and uh, I mean moved around all over the place. Um, when you were a kid, did you have a direction that you, like, did you have a dream or anything like that?
1: Um, I don't know if I could pinpoint a dream when I was a kid. I always had an imagination when I interacted with my friends. Nice. Like, we would do just kind of random. And honestly, also, I think just kids in general are just imagin- more imaginative. Of
0: course. Right. Uh,
1: I don't know if it's innocence or, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but a lot of like I would put on like, I would put an idea and then like we would act it out like, nice. in a way it sounds super. No, no, weird. I've, like,
0: that's kind of what I mean. I used to go into my grandma's basement and like dress up with whatever costumes and shit they had down there. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 definitely. And then and then you get all the attention, of course, from the adults. They're like, oh my god, look at, you know them putting together. They like to see any display of. Uh, At least my parents were very um, um, supportive of any display of, like, creativity, for sure. Yeah. But also work ethic, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Too. (laughs) Also, like, games or, like, the
1: word play, like, Mm -hmm. playing with friends, I was also, I was always looking for ways to just have fun in creative ways, like, whether it be with action figures or, like, even the most simplest boy activity, playing war, Yeah, like, we would have, like fake guns nice. and we'd be outside like making forts
0: yeah i see your gun tattoo yeah like <laughs> it's nice yeah no that's super fun and like that's where i think um a lot of i mean this is gonna get super broad and we can kind of it back in but like a lot of kids nowadays have games given to them or yeah. things like even just toys in general that aren't necessarily screens but it's like like you said, in the especially, I feel like in the south or in you know very suburban or open areas, it's like you gotta you gotta make games, you gotta have fun, you gotta. I mean, even kickball was just super fun. But I mean, that's again different, different topic for sure. Um, I want to narrow it back down into you though. So yeah, growing up playing a lot of games uh, in high school, how'd you spend most of your time? So in high school, I did creative
1: wise. I was in chorus, oh, nice. so I. Can sing. I don't really sing a lot, yeah,
0: but you can. <laughs> As an adult, I can. Yeah, yeah. I can
1: read music. You
0: bust it out when when a popular song comes on the radio. I'm like, it's Patrick. People, in the shower. Like, maybe. Yeah, in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's the best place too. Yeah,
1: shower karaoke.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> but I definitely so like chorus singing, uh, but also drawing, painting, nice. different mediums of art. Yeah. Uh, Were
0: your parents fairly supportive?
1: Yeah, my parents really just trusted me in my own devices for the most part when it comes to like education.
0: Nice.
1: Um, I always did my homework. Right. School wise, I never they never were had to like get on me. Decent grades. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, I was in AP classes. Oh jeez. Um, nice. Definitely. Are you the oldest? A good Do you student. Have your siblings youngest. So youngest? I have one older brother. Wow. He's a genius. Oh, really? He's super smart. Oh, wow. He's very intellectual. I just happened to get good grades. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. And then was always conflicted of... Because I was going to go to art
0: school. And I did, but I, just, I didn't finish. Oh, but, wow. Um, so you graduated high school with the intent to go to art school. Yes. To do what at art school? Like so, painting? Or was it for...
1: Um. My my goal was color
0: okay. and textiles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. And um, yeah. So and then so like what happened? <laughs>
1: I dropped out. <laughs> um, no, I my high school life. So I'm gay. Okay. And I grew up very Wait. religious. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Okay. So anyone listening, surprise. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, uh, my family life and. And myself, like, I didn't graduate high school living with my direct family. Okay. I had a friend whose mom took me in because oh, wow. I was kicked out.
0: Wow. Um, I was going to ask if you considered your, if you had, like, like I, I just assumed, you know, supportive parents. and like, I don't know. That's so, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry.
1: That's rough. It's okay. I mean, I say it's okay. It's not okay. Right. right. <laughs> it is not okay to kick your kids out mm-hmm. <laughs> until they're ready, I guess. But, yeah. In certain degrees. Every situation is different, but...
0: Um, right, but, you, I mean, yeah. at least you had another family that were able to take you in. Was it a good friend of yours? Very good friend, Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. And you were how old at that point? Uh, I was a senior in high school. So. Okay. So it's like you only had a couple of years left with your parents anyway. Anyway, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then, I, I guess, when did you start, like, making projects or, like... Did stand-up come kind of a bigger thing first, or did you have, I mean, obviously you had projects with, like, art projects and things like that, but when did you start doing it on your own, and, like, when did, um, when did you start to form your idea of what you wanted your expression to be?
1: I came into stand-up, uh, I write short stories kind of on my own. Nothing's published or anything like that. Okay. I always just write them for myself, mm-hmm. but, um... Uh, short sure stories
0: about what? Well, that's... Everything?
1: Well, they range, so Mm -hmm. the tones range. So I started doing stand-up, I had moved to Philadelphia, not in like the brightest time in my life, but uh, I was going to comedy shows, seeking laughter just as an audience person. Okay. But then in my writing, if uh, I was writing something where I wanted to see if the tone of what I was writing was funny... Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I would write some things out and then go to an open mic and oh, like nice. see if that premise was funny, yeah, and worth exploring in a story that I was writing. Oh, yeah, uh, and that's that's, to it, and so actually. then I started writing stuff that was more central to me. Mm. Um, that was very because stand up is very personal, right, for the most part, mm-hmm. um, but also certain jokes. Are in a sense not real. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a joke that I wrote that is a short story of my experience with Christianity and my family, but it's totally not real. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I it's about me going to the park and seeing Christian hate people mm-hmm. with the signs and. Explaining how I feel about like my perspective of seeing. Oh, somebody. I have heard that
0: joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: and then okay. at and then I like do like a misdirection, like oh, it was my mom holding the sign. Yeah. But that's not real. Like
0: right. my my mom is not that hateful. Yeah. But I wrote. Well, that. it's like almost a hypothetical because that's a yeah. situation that could happen for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Those people are generally speaking someone's parents. Mm-hmm. And. I am? I did experience a level of right,
0: right. judgment. So there is parents. some truth in that story, for yes. sure.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of how comedy can be for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. It's writing something that represents something real.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I'm still very, very new. How, how long have you been doing stand-up, actually? Stand-up uh, for... I had my three-year anniversary
1: this year. Oh, nice. So Good going job. on four years of yeah. doing stand-up and yeah. open mics and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, that's awesome. Shows and all that. But storytelling, though, mm-hmm. I am probably... Like, that's the aspect of it all that I... Uh, relate to the most,
0: right, right, or I mean that you enjoy doing the most. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah. If there's
1: if there's a story or a joke, that's a story. Mm-hmm. That's probably where I feel most comfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when did you start like, like piling up stories? You know what I mean? Like realizing like, oh, this is a thing. You know that I love doing.
1: Um, here in Philly. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's when I started like. about three years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been in Philly for five years, so I started writing stories as an outlet Okay. um, to fill my time.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, was there anything in specific that made you, like the first story that made you want to sit down and actually write it out?
1: Yeah, so most of my stories are based off, of course, experiences, but the process of writing, I would say... In the pandemic, Mm -hmm. like, I started writing some, like, thinking, like, I could do something bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, I'm writing a book. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. It's exciting. Yeah. And then it's interesting because now it's like, okay, so I want to finish a project. But then it's like the process of being or considering myself a writer is Mm -hmm. also kind of hilarious in a way because, like... I don't know if my goal of course like as a writer you want to be published, but mm-hmm. it's like whatever that looks like, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> but um it's definitely a process. But I definitely like right now even I started like in the last like week, I've been developing a new story. Oh wow. That's could like the kernel mm-hmm. could become bigger, mm-hmm. but for right now it's a short story, but um but it's Based off of me not drinking. Oh, nice. Because I am not drinking. Sober for... It's been at least two months. So okay. it's new. Yeah. But it's like... the Two months that, is nothing. I can barely go <laughs> a week
0: sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I
1: honestly... Like, I don't think I realized how much alcohol played a part mm. in my life overall. But really? definitely, like, the idea uh, of alcohol being... And this is where it's like a lot of my writing is like research mm-hmm. like I like the book that I'm writing. I've spent hours on days of research for themes and things that are like strung mm-hmm. through the entire story the start themes. to finish yeah um, and this is very similar so I'm like looking up uh, I've been researching a lot of influences of alcohol and culture oh wow um and just how humans explain our relation to having the need for alcohol
0: yeah yeah it's really interesting that whole idea because i mean people were drinking like you know mead back in the day right yes and it was like a magic thing was it you that was telling me about that no No. but yeah i've mead and so
1: i've been leaning towards the nordic Mm -hmm. um customs early early Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what did they
1: do? So, it's all very like Yeah. The mythology behind it of, like... I mean, that's kind of a common theme. Right.
0: Through a lot of things. Well, you know what's crazy about mythology? Quick tangent. Is, like, I had a buddy sit down and explain this to me one time. Because I was... I thought about mythology in the same way as I did about religion when I was growing up, where religion is like, oh, there's a big white man in the sky with a beard, you know what I mean? And then I kind of grew out of that and realized that religion is more than that, if, to some people at least, um, and and has um, you know deeper mental processes that go into it. And then I was still thinking about mythology in the same way, though, like, oh, there's gods flying around in the sky. And he's like, no, man, like, Zeus is like justice, you know what I mean? Zeus is like power, and and I just was like, wait. And then I started, you know, because I used to be really into mythology. And I was like, wow, there's a lot more that goes into those ideas than just like, again, like, you know, people fucking humans and having demigods and things like that. You know? Yeah. Um, there's, I want to say, so in some of the
1: research I've been doing about alcohol mythology mm-hmm. is like, agent, like, or who's the god of like certain... Uh, If there's, like, an umbrella of alcohol, Mm -hmm. we think of, like, when you go to the bar, it's, like, top shelf versus liquor, whiskey, or mead, or beer, or,
0: like... Wine. Yeah, so, like... Dionysus the the god of wine, basically? Yeah, but that's Greek mythology. That's true. So, what did you find in Nordic? So,
1: Aegean, which is so interesting because is really the god of the sea... Mm But then in Nordic mythology, a lot of gods or uh, gods, but also creatures, mm. it's, we, there's a personification mm-hmm. that's attached to these ideas or uh, explanations of things that we wonder about, mm-hmm. but maybe can't explain. Right. So it's interesting to me how a creature of the sea who has power... Uh, would be considered a god in some aspect, but uh, in different translations, could be as simple as a troll or <laughs> uh, yeah. an ogre mm-hmm. or something that's kind of personified with people features mm-hmm. oh, like, a, yeah? like a face, or and yeah. then we see that in art, um, oh, true. where we personify. A being coming out of the ocean, Yeah. but there's like five islands named after the same god in <laughs> the Mediterranean. Like, yeah. and so it's like there's culture that's built around these, even what alcohol they drink. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. And a lot of it, I, it was summed up. It's summed up in, I'm trying to remember, but exactly, but it's like the calming of the heart.
0: Hmm
1: was one translation that I was reading recently. Is that of like, of alcohol
0: or? Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, wow. was like the reason or like the benefit Mm -hmm. of drinking was, or one of the original reasons we drink is to calm the heart. Yeah. And it's like cause and effect. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then it's like, okay, well, why do we need to calm the heart?
0: Um, Yeah. I heard this line recently from this, uh, I forget what, what song it's from, but it's a life's a bitch and then you die. And that's why we get high. (laughs) So my friend, I
1: have an old friend, we we would say to each other, we would be like, life's a bitch, or life sucks and then you die. Yeah. And then maybe a cat will eat your face. (laughs) And then maybe. Maybe. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I I think that is, like, a a reason, though, for, like, at least for me, that's how I rationalize my consumption sometimes. It's just because, like, well, if I'm sober and I'm going to let myself get this low, then I should allow myself to get high as well, in a sense. Uh, Because, like, life, you know, I think, at least for me recently, and I hope it changes, but the highs in life have not been, you know, sober highs are not nearly as much as you know, drug highs, you know what I mean? <laughs> and to, to be able to deal with those low lows that you get with sobriety or um, even when you get low on depressants or whatever, anything like that, it's just like you got to have the highs to cancel them out. And I know there's some th- something to be said for, like, seeking pleasure in a sense, but I think it's more of seeking a distraction and a, like a, like a high, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to, a high can just be a... a without any negative connotation, you're allowed to have a high, you know? Um, well, that's that kind of ties
1: directly into creativity because the, like, let's say going to a museum mm-hmm. and looking at a painting that strikes something, so like standing in front of something that someone made mm-hmm. uh, can strike an emotion or mean something, but that pathway to the emotion, mm-hmm. as an audience member, is different for someone who creates it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I could see that. So how does that relate to sobriety? Um, Mostly, I'm experiencing
1: and I I have to be careful how I say this because I I make myself sound like a huge alcoholic Mm -hmm. when I say I'm not drinking in this way. But it's not like I drink every day or needed alcohol. But the uh, frequency of drinking to not drinking at all Mm -hmm. there's just certain emotions or memories that are tied to emotions that i'm just navigating differently now Mm -hmm. Uh, where if something like where at the end of the day where i might have a glass of wine taking that off the table Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: if i have a memory that comes to me, or an emotion that comes to me that I just haven't felt mm. in a while, yeah. or the first time mm-hmm. while I'm sober. It's like okay, I have to navigate this without wine or yeah. Yeah. tequila. Yeah, or tequila. <laughs> love tequila. <right? laughs>
0: yeah. No, I, I definitely. Um, I don't know if I have experienced it in the same way but I definitely agree like there are times where like I'm say just like stoned or something and a thought comes to me and I'm like wow that's a really good thought and in, in the moment I get like really caught up in it and really like emotional about it mm-hmm. and then say the next day is you know I'm sober and it's just kind of like a faded memory or like a, um, a scribbled memory you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's just not very clear Mm-hmm. and uh is opaque a word opaque's a word right
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um so yeah that's kind of something that i had realized with sobriety a little bit as well where like and i'm not even close to two months sober right but like if you know you go i was talking about with Nae- naeem actually i think you were there whereas like if you go like a day without drinking or smoking right you wake up you get like A decent night of sleep or something like that, because you know you weren't drinking or smoking, but uh, for the most part, that's what usually put you to sleep before. (laughs) So it was like the sleep wasn't great, but you wake up and the next day you still feel kind of groggy and like kind of like damn, I've felt like this before even with drinking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then the day after, things become a little clearer um, and things. As opposed to like with weed, I think especially, is like the day after, even if you don't spoke for two days, you can still feel that it's harder to collect your thoughts. Whereas if you go three, four days without it, you can be like, you can take like a deep breath and kind of collect yourself a lot more quickly, I guess. Um, and I think that definitely ties into, you know, if you have a thought that is a kernel of a story or a kernel of something, mm-hmm. when you're... In a foggy state, then that idea comes up and you're like, you're like, wow, this is a really good idea. I should write that down. And then you don't expand on the thought anymore. You don't, yeah. you don't follow through with any other thoughts. Or if you don't write it down. True. <laughs> or yeah. if you don't write it down. Yeah.
1: Not <laughs> writing something down, I would say is like having something, whether it's the note section in my phone <laughs> yeah. or an actual notepad, mm-hmm. um, it's so helpful. It's, I, I prefer notepads just because I can, uh, I don't know, writing it down with my own hands, I guess. And that like with a stylus and all of that stuff, it just seems way more connected Mm -hmm. to my mind and my memory. But yeah, definitely. Um, that could just also be because I hate computers, <laughs>
0: well, personally. no, nah, I think there is something to be said for the amount of work that goes into even a letter, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Where, like, with, um, like, Chinese and Japanese-Asian symbols, it's like, mm-hmm. to make a word, you have to put a lot of art and, you know, uh, skill into creating that word on paper. And so you're, you have more connection to that than me just, like, typing an A, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I could definitely see that and, and being able to write things down also. I mean, that was like a big thing that they used to push back in in, in school it was like just writing it down is going to help you commit it to memory so much more than typing yeah. it out. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I think that's why I, like the evolution of getting to the point of writing. It's just, so I've always been creative or artistic or whatever, but I all, the only reason I don't draw probably is just that it's expensive. Like it's so expensive to get pastels, pencils, like all the things that go into creating something grandiose. Yeah. Is the cost is definitely where we say the starving artist, (laughs) like an artist who's spending money on their art over food is definitely committed Mm -hmm. to the art. I've never been that committed. (laughs) It's hard to Uh, be. Yeah. That's putting all your eggs in one basket, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the idea of creating an image Mm -hmm. or a vision with words where you can Mm -hmm. have some, have that picture, uh, in your mind is just as impactful as a piece of art on
0: the wall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. Um, Especially if it's worded in the way that, um, like, talking about those emotional connections, you know what I mean? Like, um, the audience is going to be able to, um, even if you are expressing it, say, whatever you need to say in, like, a paragraph, some of the words that you think stand out might be different than what an audience member would think, you know, would be standing out to them, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, and connect to them in a completely different way, for sure. Yeah, that's really fun. Uh, that's what I love about stand-up. What I was gonna say is though too, is it's free. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's basically free. You go you get to go out. The biggest thing is the amount of time and then also the money spent on alcohol. And if you're not doing that, then that's you know, something that you can get up, say, express yourself yeah. and put it in a way where you get immediate feedback from the audience and actually kind of like I would I like what you said where you have like a kernel of a story idea. It's like, well I'll try it out, see if people in person react to it and Mm -hmm. then you can like expand on that later which is really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some of some of uh, the expansion or uh, of a joke or the life of a joke Mm -hmm. and how it can build into something that you maybe didn't expect when Mm -hmm. you first wrote the I or the kernel or the idea Mm -hmm. the premise Uh, it's like how far can you push that one idea and that's why I think uh, of course like open mics and feedback from peers I think that to me that's where I always think that there should be a level of humility mm-hmm. which is really I would say I say difficult Not difficult in a way that I don't think applies just to artists mm-hmm. but humility is definitely a human thing but For something to become the best it can be is being open to edits, Mm. being open to change, being open to changing the word
0: Mm -hmm. that fits best. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, that's, uh, I mean, another thing with being sober right it's just like actually taking that criticism to heart emotionally yeah as opposed to being um, you know under the influence and just being like "I right, brush it off it's still my thing you know and uh, and just being overly confident about a shitty joke that you have or something right yeah <laughs> I
1: think some. I think
0: I know actually
1: <laughs> a lot of times uh, I'm guilty of it too where you just I, I'll hold on hmm as oh, long yeah. as I can. Oh, yeah. Because I'm dedicated to the joke. Yeah. Uh, but not willing to bend mm-hmm. or alter it. Right. Um, yeah. But there's also just, with stand up, there's to get what you want. Of course, like in stand up or comedy, the goal is laughter. Right. Like, that's ultimately what we want. And mm. that. Laughter, in the room—it's uh, a vibe. It's a energy. It's there's so much that goes into getting a laugh, mm-hmm. and taking into account of where you are, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That's probably definitely more uh, stand-up specific. Mm-hmm. But um, as a performer, I don't know. I think about like Shakespeare and these. Like,
0: a plays, play. Right. and um, the, yeah. amount of, the amount of the work and, like, effort that goes into not only keeping somebody attention for more than 5 to 10 minutes. Yeah. And, like, 15 minutes. Yes. And controlling, keeping the energy up so they want to keep paying attention with you. That's the thing that, like, I don't know. Within stand-up is, like, there's momentum, right? And you can, like, build momentum and keep it going once you've kind of got it and get to the end of your set and you know you have ups and downs but for the most part the audience wants to hear what's what's coming out of your mouth next yeah. whereas with longer productions plays, uh, movies, things like that, is like you need to give them time to breathe you need to do that without them completely disassociating from the story or, yeah. Um, so yeah there's uh, so much that goes into that have you considered like writing a play is that like something that's been rolling around is that why you brought that up? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> things. I mean, I think
1: uh, writing f- with characters in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the book I'm working on, for example.
0: Yeah, so like, what is, what is this book?
1: So, the book is based off of life experience, but the main character, the mm-hmm. protagonist, is someone that's extremely close to my heart who's passed away, but it's based off of that person. Mm-hmm. And there's... Parts of the story where the there is a character that's based off of me, mm. and I had to be really willing to let that character look bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, in both aspects, mm-hmm. because the flaws have
0: to be present, and that's right. part of you probably found out a lot about yourself. Yeah. In writing that character. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that and how. You're like, wow! I don't even want to like admit to my own flaws in a like a, a fictional character like version of myself. What does that say about me in real life?
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's like when, and I guess this also plays into the aspect of a drug of choice, <laughs> okay. so to speak. Because um, what am, what are we willing to admit about ourselves, mm-hmm. or what? It's like in any given moment what am I wanting to feel or what am I willing to feel? Mm. Um, And the path to that looks different for everyone, but it also looks different each day. And so writing a character and be willing to base a character off of a life, it it, it can't, for it to be authentic, Mm -hmm. it can't, not everything is like Perfect. uh, perfect. Shiny. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. For it to be authentic, it needs to be willing to look at the things that are... Yeah. And what those things feel like, and what those
0: things look like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, with a drug of choice, like, you're kind of relating it, to. It's really interesting, because, like, I mean, you could say weed is, like, the least harmful of it. Or, you know, you know, least harmful. Like, I choose weed to, um, you know, to make me feel better. It's natural. And, It is, um, like, I don't get a hangover for the most part the next day. But then in that sense, you also have to be able to admit, it's like, yeah, it's not as bad as, you know, say hard drugs or anything like that. But the drawback is you are foggy the next day or the drawback is you are messing with your lungs a little bit with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so writing a character, you know, is like, yeah, especially if it's based off of yourself is like, yeah, I want people to like this character. Like I want people to, um... Relate and um, be able to accept this character, um, but to do that, you have to say, "Well, what? What are the cons? What, are, what, what? What? What do they not like about this character? Yeah. What do I not like about this character? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Some of some of the parts of the story,
1: the parts that are that have joy in them, mm-hmm. are definitely more fluid and easier to write. Right. But then, the choice. To go in the hard parts, and mm-hmm. uh, when I say hard parts, it's like uh, what does drug addiction look like for a person, mm-hmm.
0: and what what that does to relationships mm-hmm. kind of the darker the darker yeah. areas of things, and I think that's probably what helps with you and I being comics is just being able to kind of laugh at some some flaws that we have you know, and be able to put that into and that's what i I think one of the hardest things to do, but what I really love about. Um, say there's a lot of TV today that's really good at it, like Atlanta. I don't know if you know with shadow mm-hmm. you know, Babino or Barry or something, but it's generally these deeply flawed characters or flawed situations that pe- people are put in, and they're dark situations. But being able to just make people like buy into that and feel the, the heaviness, but then relieving it with just a little bit of tension, you know what I yeah. mean? Or you know, like oh, there's like a realistic thing that. That's something funny that I probably would have said or thrown out there as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, in those moments, relatable. hmm Yeah. You, yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, there's movies that I've watched too or stories that I've, you know, read where there are very serious situations and it's a, like a, an overly um, in-your-face drama. And a lot of times it's hard for me to relate to those because, you you're telling me in this whole story, this whole world that you have set up, there's not one person who's going to crack a joke about, you know, something messed up like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like alcoholism, like especially like addiction. I mean, terrible. Addiction is awful and you hate to see people go through it. And it's the hardest thing for them to get out of. But some parts of it are funny, you know what I mean? There's hilarious stories of coke-filled drug nights, you know, like, um, you know, blacking out is, of course, a terrible thing. I hate, um, you know, I hate to hear bad stories of people blacking out, but sometimes you do funny shit when you black out, Yeah, <laughs> I I always, so my
1: view on blacking out is that the road to blackout in my lifetime, I would say, is... I didn't always black out. Like, the idea of a hangover. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like building a tolerance. Mm-hmm. So, getting to a blackout <laughs> yeah. is definitely a feat. <laughs> like, like, It's an
0: accomplishment.
1: Yeah, like, if you got to a blackout, wow. Wow. <laughs> you really did something. Yeah,
0: like, you've been doing this a while. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. That's hilarious. So, so the book, though. So... Getting back to it, um, you know, what do you want the book to become for you?
1: Uh, I want it to be, in the most personal sense, it's a gift to this person. Uh, Because the idea, it it came in pandemic when I was like high out of my mind, Mm. on the floor. Mm -hmm. Literally, I was on the floor, on my back. And was just laying there. Mm -hmm. And I think I had done... It wasn't even that I had smoked weed. I had had tincture. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it was like... Tincture tincture? is like drops. THC drops. Oh, interesting. And it was like my first experience with the drops. Mm -hmm. And hindsight, it's probably the most I had ever taken. (laughs) At one moment. Uh, Therefore, was completely content being just motionless melting into
0: the floor (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and just thinking about life and thinking about not just life but like i mean the pandemic is a time for all of us where i don't know if for me i've lost a few loved ones but losing someone makes me think about losing i'll say his name will uh william craft uh Losing him was paramount for me and uh, I've always thought about what my life would be like if he hadn't passed away and how different would it have been and what path would that have looked like and I would be so foolish to think that we would even be together still because relationships end all of the time. Uh, so if he had lived, we may not even be friends today. Right.
0: Um, but you didn't get, to see there's no out way out to know. Out, uh, right? So to you, this is definitely a way of closure in a sense, but I mean, that's not going to be until you're almost done with the story in a way. It's processing the future that could have been for sure. Yeah. It's a future that's
1: more so for him than me. And, gotcha. uh, and that's where I had to really be mindful that it's like, okay, what good could I give him
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this story? Oh, wow. Painting him as a
0: also an imperfect yeah as
1: well. What good can I give him and what bad mm-hmm. experiences exist as well? Right. And coming to that conclusion in the process of telling the story was very, like, like the climax of a story or like, uh, not just from an audience perspective reading mm-hmm. the story, but also this character in it. Like, what, like, um, the reality of it is we all feel stuck. Mm-hmm. We all have moments where we want the best for ourselves, but don't know how to get there. Right. And so it's like creating those moments mm-hmm. for him. Right. Yeah. In this imaginary life hmm. um, wow. was like definitely important to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: to make sure I inject that, yeah into the story mm-hmm. um, but it definitely
0: allowed me closure definitely mm-hmm. um, and not even quite there yet. I mean, that's yeah. something that's never gonna never gonna heal completely, but um definitely processing for sure, yeah processing is a big part of it so that's good and i mean that's good that you've kind of realized that you know the the positives and the negatives that you have to include in this um because that's that's something where so i mean kind of relating i mean this is you know an internal struggle that i had where i went to to juvenile detention and immediately after that whole thing was over telling people about that was just like, I'm just going to joke about it, you know what I mean? I'm just going to laugh about it and I'm just going to, you know, be the funny guy and, you know, tell people it wasn't that bad and, you know, things were were light and whatnot. But in reality, you know, that was a terrible, terrible experience. Um, And something I created um, when I started this podcast, actually, this podcast episode I did called The Juvie Story, where I got, like, inebriated. I did, like, a drunk history version of it. It's pretty cringeworthy. I wouldn't listen to it. But <laughs> um, but getting it out and telling the funny parts, along with the very serious parts that were intense for me, was I processed a lot more than I had realized just telling that story. Um, there were things that I had forgotten about that I brought up, you know, while I was doing it. And it was mm-hmm. like, wow, that was not something I was expecting at all. So I definitely relate to that um, with the processing it. And I think there is something to be said where is maybe you'll never fully get over it or fully heal from it. But I think there is something to be said where processing it and then kind of shelving it as part of you, you know?
1: Yeah, it's part. I mean, it's definitely part of the human experience of whether we find levity in a situation, um, but also... All of us experience loss, mm-hmm. it's a common thing, that's um, true, and how we deal with it definitely ranges. And,
0: um, whether it be alcoholism, addiction, creativity, you know, that's still dealing with the same root, you know. Yeah, the cre, like, I would,
1: I would be, and this is the humility or like being humble, like, I definitely if I had leaned into being creative mm-hmm. uh, or had the capacity to lean into making it creative... Um, the discipline. I, Yeah, the discipline, the work ethic, mm-hmm. then maybe my, my life would have been different. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reality right. of my life. I did lean into addiction, and mm-hmm. I did lean into things that... Uh, or like the idea that... Uh, No one can go back in time, so what you do with it, Mm -hmm. when you have it, uh, matters. But I don't think I would necessarily
0: change my path. How it happened, right? Yeah. Because it led you to where you are now, to that realization. Yeah. Which I think is a great great realization.
1: I don't know if I would be able to write a story that has the depths of disappointment hmm. or being feeling stuck or no. um not knowing what the future holds no. um any of those yeah all of those themes that are prevalent in in this story or uh, or the path i wouldn't be able to if i hadn't experienced it myself right. so
0: um Yeah, definitely. Like one of the, um, those low emotions are like kind of how I was saying earlier is like those low emotions, even sober are going to be way more extreme, I think. And a lot of people are going to be able to connect to connect to those. So without, you know, if you had just leaned into creativity and that's, um, kind of getting back to it, something I had realized with, within Ohio and my Ohio life, um, and I was getting into creativity you know, starting out writing stories and things like that, but they were just fantasy stories. Or they were just like up in the air type of um, you know, pretty, shiny, like fun you know, funny or goofy stories that were not really tied to the um the underbelly of reality. So yeah, moving out here, um has definitely I, I mean it's also probably just comes with age as well, but um getting out of a place where that had I had been shaped in that way, um, definitely, definitely has opened me up to exploring those emotions and relating to people a lot more in those emotions as well. Yeah. And I think that's a good... Uh, I think that's good. Um, I, I'm glad that you are getting through that now and I'm going to continue to getting through that. And I think the main takeaway is I think we should of course strive for creativity and using creativity as a tool to help you um you know process and move on and move forward but you have to appreciate that without the underbelly without the emotion uh and negative impacts and uh, situations that have happened to you um then you know it's not there's got to be some sort of balance because Mm -hmm. you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve in one direction without having the other side of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I'm excited for this book. I know it's probably still kind of,
1: um, yeah, it's in the works. <laughs> What's great about it is that I have an outline and this is where, like I allow myself to be distracted mm-hmm. in a sense, but also, um, in my own life. Like, so I, I put it on the shelf consciously hmm. mostly because the last like six months. I don't know. I just I don't know if I think I would be doing the story a disservice if I was rushing it. Right. And I think that's also like kind of the process. And this is my first bigger story. <laughs> like I have like there's a difference between writing a twenty page oh yeah short story
0: mm-hmm.
1: and getting to where like on an estimated scale the story is going to end up being over 300 pages mm-hmm. so it's getting no. getting a third of the way done is an accomplishment yeah. but knowing that it's like okay measuring it that way really and making it measurable is like okay like I'm a third of the way done but definitely not one to rush and also uh Allowing myself to know it's okay to have, like, a si- like side things. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, of So course. Of course. Well, it's... I mean, that's one thing that I've learned with... Um, I mean, it's the reason why a lot of people have multiple things going on, right? So if you have a mm-hmm. shitty day at work, maybe you don't have a shitty day at stand-up. Or you have a shitty set, but you know you can come home and write and feel inspired and, and really get it out. Or, you know, one of these other balances and allowing yeah. you to do these other things, for sure. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that I have kind of experienced, um, that I wanted to tell you, I, I read a lot of books about script writing in general and storytelling. And what you'll find is that first third is oftentimes the longest and the hardest because you're establishing, you're setting up this world, you're creating these characters, everything. But once you started to get into the meat of it, you've already set these things up and now you're just rolling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're just letting it play out through your fingertips. Yeah. So, while it may still seem intimidating, I don't think you should let that discourage you from saying, like, oh, it's going to be years and years, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: Dialogue is definitely... Like, writing dialogue (laughs) is probably... In different ways of writing dialogue. So, and then also just, like, because this is, like, my first bigger, like, story Mm -hmm. where I mapped it out and just, like... Okay, so just, like, in stand-up where... Uh, my method of writing out the order mm-hmm. of what I'm going to say in five minutes versus ten minutes, um, single word, like a, my set list, right. one word will stand for an entire...
0: Like a bullet point. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's kind of the same way with writing a chapter. Oh, yeah. The theme of the chapter. So I'll ha- I have a set list if you will for mm-hmm. the story. So it's already mapped out. It's just a matter of writing right. dialogue and setting. And it, so like a story that takes place over the course of a lifetime. it's mm-hmm. uh,
0: a lot to cover. It,
1: yeah. But it's, it's like definitely more lucid. Mm-hmm. This story is, mm-hmm. uh, versus this new idea that I have that I'm researching on about, uh, a character dealing with not drinking oh wow <laughs> that that character is the story
0: is in the span of three days oh wow so a lot of a lot of details and punch packed yeah. into, into a smaller time period yeah 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 i could see that being more enticing too you know what i mean it's like oh i could just blah, 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 and like get it out there mm-hmm. um whereas yeah with the longer story it's. I, I tried to write a movie, like a full movie script once. I've got a pilot show script out, and I've got a lot of skits, but I've never. I tried to sit down and write one movie story, and it's. I, I started it, and I've never finished it. I haven't picked it up in like a year or two now, so I definitely understand how it can uh, be very intimidating, and I, uh, you know, respect you for you know putting it's, the effort into it for sure. Being
1: willing to like, it's like okay, like what's. Cause also I it's like okay well what's my process in writing, and then, I think I even, even when it like the details like what a character's name is, mm-hmm.
0: um, so much so much that goes into it yeah it, it's a lot all these little little tiny things that you didn't think about because you had the you had the idea and now you it's like oh I have to create like I said creating the world creating. The uh, personality traits, creating all the names, the, the location, the mm-hmm. setting even, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's very, very tough. But like I said, I mean, I commend you for, um, you know, putting work into it, realizing it, um, looking at it on a realistic scale too, um, having other things going on as well, being a, yeah. an active individual in the community. <laughs> you know, you've got a lot going on. Um, yeah, it's... great stuff. I would say being busy is
1: probably now an outlet of circumstance but also a matter of it's like we all have a job like the rea- reality is that we're we all pay for the life we live mm-hmm. and then it's just recognizing that so even like thinking about diversity mm-hmm. even in storytelling I don't know why I thought of this but diversity in storytelling is like being willing to, it's like, okay, I'm going to go deep with my own experience and recognize like, okay, like this is, uh, something personal to me that can hopefully be something that's relatable by Mm -hmm. most, but knowing that it might not be relatable to everyone or accepted Mm -hmm. by everyone. Um, but there's so many stories to be told Mm-hmm. Uh, and how we tell them, uh, everyone's process mm-hmm. might be different. Oh yeah, uh, but it's like having not just the
0: tools, but like the drive right. to start. Right. And and that's what kind of busy learn being as busy go. for you kind of helps with that momentum a little bit. Yeah,
1: it does. Because yeah, I could see that. Uh, I I say that like on a day
0: off. Mm-hmm. Where if, you just want to collapse and do nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's... I have to, like... If I lean into doing nothing, mm-hmm. I literally will do nothing. Yeah. But when I'm busy, I fit in more. hmm So, trying not to allow myself to be... Not busy, is yeah.
0: Helpful, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that was a big theme for me, at least the past year since I've been up here, because it seems like everybody's busy all the time. And for me, I really, really enjoy not being busy.
1: <laughs> it's important.
0: I mean, w- the term work life
1: balance mm-hmm. I and mean, like it's it really is important to the energy that you put out
0: mm-hmm.
1: there. It is important to like take a beat. Mm-hmm. And refuel, yeah. Allow and yourself recharge, yeah, um, yeah. Definitely understand, like path. and That's where weed comes in. For that's me. where weed definitely <laughs> helps. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all right. I can just
0: take a take a check real quick and just step back for a second with that. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, I um, I think that's kind of a good uh, point to stop here. Um, but I definitely want to shout you out. So I mean, um, Instagram handles. I know you've got you've been running a show too. So if you want to plug all yeah. that stuff,
1: uh, um, comedy too. wise, I uh, have a new show at Stir Lounge. It's Stir Comedy. Um, right. It's still in. I would say a stage that is changing. Like it's a benefit show. So okay. uh, the Instagram show it's like now you can donate to a fundraiser the headliner chooses oh nice the charity so yes. it's raising a little bit of money a way for
0: our community to give back yeah uh, and it's insert and that's downtown philadelphia yeah the second and fourth saturday of the month right Yes, second and last,
1: because sometimes there's right. more. <laughs> right, right, fair um, enough. Which, I like those months. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when there's more Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. I get more of a break right. between them.
1: Right, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's It's been fun, like, in the last three years of doing stand-up and wanting to be on shows. Uh, it's nice to be able to have a show where I can, like, put people up where where we have an open mic where we do like five minutes mm-hmm. usually max yeah because it that allows more people to go up in mm-hmm. practice yeah uh, but a show where we someone can do 10 or 15 or 20 minutes it's nice to see uh, my friends mm-hmm. do more time and then I mean that's also why I started going to comedy was just to watch right it wasn't to perform mm. so it's nice to host a show yeah that i can watch people watch yeah also. consistently
0: yeah. yeah and yeah that's awesome
1: yeah so selfishly i enjoy it <laughs> um, you're
0: allowed it's fun yeah yeah um, but it's fun too yeah okay yeah. and then we already covered instagram handle howdy howdy thomas patrick yeah check out sir lounge second and last saturday anything else you got out there uh no i this book potentially one of these days yeah yeah <laughs> what, do you have a title yet yeah it's called tunnels tunnels okay yeah that sounds intense um all right well yeah i uh, appreciate you coming out here and recording with me thank you for having me absolutely hell yeah thomas patrick breaking us down on fucking sobriety and creativity doesn't that make you want to go sober <laughs> Not necessarily, but it does make you see some of the pros of being sober, and uh, I think that is an important message for sure. So um, turn your brain on, you know what I mean. Get a little creative, process your emotions, bro. Get get through shit, you know. Don't just don't just distract yourself from life. Well, I mean, you could like it's not like that would really have any real consequences because we all die anyways. But you know, we don't talk about that, you know what I mean. We just move past it and kind of push through. So uh, what is it? stuff it down with the brown you know what I mean anyways thanks so much for listening don't stuff it down with brown and uh have a good rest of your week thanks so much I love you amen okay bye
1: Insurance, in a way, is kind of a pyramid scheme. You think? Kind of. Why is that? Because it's like, it's like in case. In like, case. It's all in case. Oh, true. Happens. So, yeah. like, in a sense, if everyone's putting in money, like, kind of into a pot, yeah. you only get access to the money unless something happens to you. That's crazy. But really, it's everyone putting money into that pot. Yeah. Mm and then if something happens to you then you have access to it. Yeah,
0: you got to get other people to sign up for insurance too. Yeah. to make sure that you're you get paid out if you need it. Yeah.